Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Blackcast on my phone, ready to play right now. If I may put forward a slice of personal philosophy, I feel that man has ruled this world as a stumbling, demented child king long enough. And as his empire crumbles, my precious black widow shall rise as his most fitting successor. His words he speaks are true. Where are the humanary stew? We don't, we don't pledge allegiance to the Black Widow. The horror that he'll bring. The horror of his sting. The unholiest of kings. The Black Widow. Our minds will be his toy. Every girl and boy will learn to be employed. The Black Widow. Welcome to the Blackcast. This is our second conversation about the Black Widow movie. And again, it will be filled with spoilers. So if you have not seen it, you probably shouldn't listen. Just like our previous episode, this one originated as an episode of a show that I do on the Blackcast YouTube channel, Marvel Movie Talk. But I thought that this was a conversation that would be of interest to our general Blackcast audience. The only difference is that uh, you'll hear some less than familiar voices for the Blackcast. Uh, just like our previous installment, you'll hear my friend Kate Cornell, who was on our first reaction to black widow and you'll also hear uh, jeff williams jr who i've done shows with at after buzz tv over the years and eric connor who among his many accomplishments is that he is a professor at the new york film academy oddly enough in southern california but uh he is also a regular on that show so People have heard Kate and I talk about Black Widow, but what they haven't heard is reactions from both Jeff and Eric. Jeff, I want to ask you first, because you saw it in a movie theater. Tell us just overall thoughts, and then uh, Eric will ask you the same. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't like cool kids and got to see it early. I had to see it with, with the normies and everything. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was everything I wanted it to be. We gave, we gave Natasha a good send-off. We got more about her past and everything. With that said, it was still, for me, it seemed like it was still more Yelena's intro than Natasha's outro. Florence stole the show for me. And for good or bad, I love Florence, but she stole the show and it wasn't her movie. So, I mean, I have mixed feelings about that, but I'm excited for the future. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, one of the things that uh, Kate and I were talking about in our previous episode is the simple fact that I think that the uh, greatest heist of the MCU is how Florence Pugh stole this movie from Scarlett Johansson, oh, just right God. out from under her, just just took it from her. But I'm not uh, trying to uh, soft sell uh, what Scarlett Johansson did. I think she was great. She was. It was a nice reminder of the character that we've already said goodbye to. But it's a little like, oh look, you you found this. Uh, you find this old note that they wrote and uh, you, you know, you can kind of sit down and uh, remind it. And then it's like, but now we're going to just replace her. Uh, there'll yeah. be a, another widow in the next movie. I do love all the, all the parts where they were actually like 
pulling back from the first Avengers with Loki, that interaction between Scarlett Johansson and Loki. And I loved like just some of the nods back to her backstory. We didn't get everything that we should have gotten. And um, just to see what Loki was actually talking about when um, she first, when he first met Natasha. Yeah. I mean, kind of seeing why she is like, what would the Red Room was about? What, like, why he even brought up that girl's name because we didn't even know who she was at the time. So it was, it was just really cool to see and to see more sides of Natasha because, like, we always, I mean, we, we know she has like a hard edge and there's a background. But like, how does she get that? So it was really cool to see. It was some nice additional character development on Natasha. So uh, Eric, you uh, got to see, and and the the difference between you and the rest of us is now, if if you want to start watching it right now while we're sitting here, you could put Black Widow on again because you have, you're basically getting let through the velvet ropes by Steve Rebell into Studio Fifty Four. You have Disney Plus premiere access you did uh, get to take in the movie uh in the comfort of your own home i want to know what that experience was like because uh, obviously we've seen you know there have been first run movies that have uh, gone to streaming over the last year and a half but uh how how was the experience for you watching it on disney plus well, well I, I do recommend all of you should have the experience of watching it i didn't watch it in the comfort of my home i watched it in the comfort of my mother-in-law's home with her uh, best friend. So if you can watch this movie with two women, one Italian, one Jewish, both over 70, I think that's the way it was meant to be watched, where you pause it every five minutes to answer the most rudimentary questions, such as what is she wearing? And is that her real hair color? All important stuff, I think really relevant to the plot. Um, it, it took seven hours to watch it the first time. <laughs> I did watch it again on my own. Um, it was a very different experience without the sound of Nana's uh, voice in my ear. Um, I, and you know, I, it, it actually works well on the like, small screen because I, interestingly enough, at the heart of it, it's kind of like this like twisted family drama, which I was a nice surprise. Like, when I watched it a second time, this one of the scenes I, I I thought was really great was when it was just the four of them around the dinner table in costume, three of them in costume. And there was something about that scene that spoke to what made this movie work for me is this was a surprisingly emotional entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, her crying at the end, you know, over Taskmaster and, you know, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, you're not going to see that twice like no one was crying when uh you know um yellow jacket turned into nothing uh and i think it it was earned i i was really uh i was really impressed that they knew in order for this thing to work they had to go somewhere a little bit different and they've done spy movies before i mean winter soldier is still i think my favorite marvel mcu film but um I, I found the emotional stakes of this one pretty rich. And I agree. I mean, Florence Pugh, who I, I loved in Fighting With My Family, if you've ever, uh, if you haven't seen that, I recommend it, the one based on Paige from uh, the WWE. Great she, movie. He is a real star. And uh, and she's the real deal. I mean, it, it was hard not to let her steal the film. And, and to her credit, I, I don't think Scarlett Johansson tried to stop that. I think she really was very generous in some ways as a performer 
and shared the wealth. And I think it's uh, in, easier to do that when Florence's character as the little sister was yeah. making fun of how Black Widow was portrayed previously. And and making fun of it, especially <laughs> like the Joss Whedon portrayal and how she literally entered the Marvel Universe. Like she's famous for that pose. And the first like major scene that they have relaxed is them in that like gas station. Talking about them fighting superheroes, by the way, in public. They were in Budapest. <laughs> So, you know, so they're like they were, in a yeah, thing like, and like making fun, like, so it's like, I think like Scarlett Johansson was like allowing a little bit of like, no. not allowing, but just like, she's been very vocal about how she hasn't liked that portrayal. And so it's nice that a younger woman who is going to kind of take her, her mantle is going to be like, this is what you guys did. And this is where it's going. Like, it's right. like, and when not they're... just Black Widow as Scarlett Johansson. It's, this is what all Black Widows are. There are multiple of them, and we're, this one's just going to take it again. And uh, when Yelena jumps down from the ceiling and tries it, uh, I thought that that was great yeah, because was she's funny. like, you know, no. just the, the realization Gross. that like, yeah, this just doesn't work. Uh, by the way, uh, Kame Egan can relate to Eric. Uh, Eric, that was exactly what it was like when I was watching it with my husband. He kept giving all kinds of commentary and was asking questions. Right there, those two accounts are actually something that I hadn't thought about, about seeing it at home versus seeing it in the movie, is uh, people are much more comfortable just uh, just yapping and uh, providing their own commentary. Uh, I would say that, uh, you know, there's a lot of the sort of the, the family drama that I think works on the small screen, uh, but... You know, and we talked about how in the credits there is listed an entire descent unit because of all the choreography and special effects that went into the collapse of the Red Room and all of that. I think that, uh, you know, sure, watching it on a, on your TV screen, it probably looked all right. But that to me, that was the best stuff uh, for the big screen. And the second time that I saw it, I did see it in IMAX. So uh, that I think was, uh, you know, some of the best stuff. But yeah, I can see how a lot of it is going to work in, in that way. I totally agree. I haven't had the pleasure of seeing it in IMAX yet, but um, I watched it with my with my parents in a regular theater. And even even in that experience, I was like, okay, this is totally different than any movie I've watched in the last year and a half because it's either I'm going up to get popcorn, I'm going to use the restroom, someone's talking. Yeah. There are so many different experiences that, that you're missing, so many jokes that you're missing that you just like want to experience. And then like to your point, when the Red Room was falling, the first thing I thought about is these graphics are better than anything we've seen on um, Disney Plus so far. No, no offense to them. Right. But like there is a step up when it comes to movies and TV. Maybe it's visually, but it just looked like it was. And I didn't know if it was visually or money, but um, that's how I experienced it. No, it's a great point. And I think that, yeah, what they spent on that sequence is more than they spent on five episodes of Loki and uh, six episodes of Loki. And I think Loki has looked great. I'm not you also I, you think know, I'm, that the uh, the extra year of time yeah well they they redid the score because you know it was supposed to come out yeah. in in may of 2020 yeah and uh, in that time they did redo the score so yeah you're wondering i mean i don't think that they shot anything new during the pandemic but uh, i i wonder yeah did they tweak any visual effects the, and the that post sort credit of stuff. was during that right the post credit uh, was during the pandemic I'm not quite sure, by the way, uh, speaking of which, Cammy also says the Julia Child, Louis Dreyfus, Anderson, and credit scene was great. I can't wait to see what her character arc is. Also, uh, somebody else brought that. Oh, Daniel brought it up. 
I wonder what the movie would have, if it had come out in 2016, you know, when it was supposed to be set after Civil War, what would the end credit scene have been? Probably something with Thanos. I mean, I think that that was, that was where everything was still heading, especially at, at that point. I think it, it works really well, that end credit scene, because yeah. it's this nice sort of tender moment for Yelena. You know, she's, she got the dog nicely named Fanny, you know, nice callback to, to the earlier uh, alias. And, you know, it could have just ended on there, but uh, instead uh, Elaine has to, you know, blow her nose. And this idea that uh, she wants her to take out Hawkeye, but, you know, I mean, Natasha talks enough about Clint Barton that she's going to know who it is. You but know? she doesn't in this movie. Mm, but yes, she does. Because see, the when, movie, when they're in Budapest, she says, me and Clint stayed up here for a couple right. of days. Yeah. Right. So, like, and, she knows and, something of it. So, like, that's that's where my questions were, too. Because but in terms of, like, their personal relationship and, like, what Clint meant to her, like... Yeah. No, she I'm might not, not know all that. There, That's good. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, like, even if, like, there was, like, a friendship between the two of them, he still might be, in her mind, responsible for her dying because the only person that came back from Vormir was Clint. So, yeah. you know... Also, things. thank you, Cami Egan, for you know helping the girl out. That was nice. It was she also uh, gave you some advice? Don't slouch. You'll get that humpy back, which uh, yeah. re- refers to the. I was just the, like getting uh, into it. Dinner and... scene. Yeah, exactly. Not to be confused um, with the Humpty Hump. Yeah. No. 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 Because uh, nobody uh, on this show is getting busy in the Burger King bathroom. Uh, I have to draw the line somewhere, and I think that that's where it is. Uh, just not on camera in your private time. You can, you can get busy in a Hardy's bathroom. That's fine. Uh, so what do we think? Do we figure that, uh, that's going to be at least part of the Hawkeye series? I mean, the impression of the Hawkeye series was that it's the Kate Bishop story and that Jeremy Renner's in it, but maybe it's not his series, but then sort of getting this, are we all now thinking like, oh, this is probably going to be a big focus on it? What do you think, Eric? Well, I mean, it definitely is leaning towards, well, we have a show called Hawkeye. We just saw a picture of Hawkeye. I mean, the simple math of it is like, well, it seems like they'll put her over there. And that, and that feels like a, a smart way to intersect the movies with the TV shows, too. Because we, we've talked about this before, right? It's like, are you going to introduce the big baddies here? This was a smart way of doing it. Um but I, but I was curious, actually, Jeff, did you you saw this in Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. So what was the response to uh, Julia Louise Child, Dreyfus, Hoffman making fun of the Midwest? Or or is it just because it was making fun of Ohio and the Big Look. Ten hatred is like, that, that's fine with us? All I'm saying is I love everything about The Ohio State University, but Midwest, I don't need to come back. I'm good. Like, I'm allergic <laughs> to it as well. If y'all saw me sniffling, like, if you see me mute, it's because I'm in the Midwest. I, I am allergic as well, so I don't blame her. <laughs> but my, I did, I did, I did have a point. She never said her name in this, so like, wow. would people have known who she is if this was in the right timeline? You know what I'm saying? Well, like, if this was that, before that, we that's saw. Elena said her name. Yeah, she, she, okay. she says yeah. Uh, she Alter yeah. Valentina. But okay. if this movie had come out like it was supposed to before uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. They, there might, you know, they, they could have shot something that they've since cut out where they actually, you know, go through her whole name and then the whole gotcha. thing, you know. But now the way that it, it worked out is that we already know her. So yeah. this wasn't the introduction to her. So it's an interesting question as to whether or not there might have been more to the scene and probably, you know, nothing substantial, just more of like this would be the first time that we've seen her. 
you know, and, uh, you know, uh, Dominica Saxon points out uh, a lot of excitement for the Hawkeye show now. And uh, William Walton points out that uh, the Hawkeye show is going to be him fighting Elena. I'm sure that's an episode in there. And then at some point, they're going to have to work together. Who knows where Kate Bishop comes from? Maybe Kate Bishop got away from the Red Room. You know, we don't know how they could really interact. Uh, right. And then there's just uh, Dominica Saxon theorizing that Yelena could be the top boss at the end or something. Well, you know, there's a lot of questions about just what it is that Valentina is up to. There's specific teams that people think she's putting together, but whatever it'll be called, Clearly, she's putting together uh, some people with uh, less than uh, noble intentions. I mean, you, you've got John Walker. You've got Yelena, who is, you know, for hire, clearly, because she's working for Valentina already. So and asking uh, for a raise, which is yeah. a good girl. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that's also. I think Cammy's got I, it right. I was just about to say, I think we're gonna see a Dark Avenger series because it was oh, yeah. also like that was one of the um like little like Easter eggs in Falcon Winter Soldier was was related to Dark Avengers as they were entering um Zemo. So I'm not actually. I'm curious to see if Zemo's gonna come back. I don't know if he will, but like heading to Zemo's cell in Falcon Winter Soldier. The passcode to get into his cell was uh, the uh, the Dark Avengers comic book nice. number. By the way, that's probably also Florence Pugh speaking directly to Kevin Feige. That you know what you paid me for this movie? Yeah, I'm going to get a lot more now. You know, it's uh, mm -hmm. get, get ready, get ready for for some of that uh, for some of that Pugh cash. Uh, yeah, so I think it'll be you know you be interesting, and I, I think that you know not to take away from the movie, but that ending just was exciting in like, Oh yeah, this story that was set five, six years earlier than where we are in the continuity brought us right into the here and now of like, yeah, where's this going to go next? And uh, personally, you know, I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see what they do with it. So let's uh, get back to the, the movie itself though, you know, because the end credits came up in the chat, I wanted to address it in that moment, you know, just sort of, Getting the uh, MCU back was uh, very exciting. Uh, Kate and I talked about just sort of hearing the uh, the MCU uh, fanfare, the Marvel Studios uh, little thing that right at the beginning, and having it not be on Disney Plus. Sorry, Eric, uh. it's on Disney Plus for you. But hearing it, you know, from the big speakers, you're like, oh yeah, that's what it's all about. And it, it was it was just very exciting. And I don't, I think that the movie did uh, a great job of telling a story. And my criticism for years since we've known about the movie and what I said last week is just that they should have made the movie when it was set. But once you get past that, I, I think it still told a great story. And we're talking about how great Florence is in it. But it's not like Scarlett Johansson didn't really get to expand the character a, a little bit. What were some of the character moments for Natasha in particular, Jeff, that uh, jumped out at you? I kind of mentioned it earlier for me was uh, the when she... When it when everything came full circle with the uh, Loki interaction in Avengers, and then us finding out that she ended up killing uh, killing the daughter of I can't I can't think of his Drakeoff. name, but Drake, yeah, Drakeoff's yeah, daughter, yeah, Drakeoff, Drakeoff's daughter, and just seeing the things that she did, like the, the things that she went through to to kill Drakeoff or to try to kill Drakeoff, and like. Seeing all those were just were some of my favorites, and I, I love the fact that like um, she couldn't even, or she kind of let him break her nose, but he couldn't even do it. 
And it was another call back to the same interaction with Loki. He was like, thank you for your compliance or something along those lines. Cooperation. Thank you for your cooperation. I was like, I just love, I love those moments where she's like a callback, but also doing something really cool. So like breaking her nose or something like, you know, you can't even do it. Let me just do this real quick. And then then beat you up. (laughs) I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, Eric, I was impressed by uh, Natasha's encyclopedic knowledge of James Bond films. I thought that uh, that was a nice uh, character moment. Uh, what were some of the things that stood out for you, Eric, though? Just specifically Natasha's character. You know, we we know her very well at this point. We were with her when she died. Uh, but uh, to, just to sort of I- expand our, our understanding of her in this movie. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll second Jeff's uh, mention of her breaking her own nose. And it, it, it actually... It, you know, what you're saying too about kind of reminds you of other films. One of, I thought her better moments in any of the previous MCUs was, I want to say it was the first Avengers when she looks like she's tied up and she's like, uh, and she takes a phone call. It was the first Avengers That's movie. Right. Avengers parentheses 2011. Yes. Right. And, and, and that moment's like, oh, all right, fine. I'll be right there. And so that idea of like, I, I, I kind of forgot about that moment until I'm like watching that, the little twist that her and you know her mom her mom had about you know changing faces and everything and breaking her own nose and 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 it goes back to what's really interesting about her is that she doesn't have the superpowers i love the reference of you think was it space god needs an advil uh yeah that, that was nice yeah and it's a reminder <laughs> like she is you know always human you know she is like the uh, die hard one of the best action movies i always feel like when you watch that first one you just think at some point John McClane is just not going to make it no matter how many times you see it. And she is really good at playing that at always playing like a touch of human, you know, even when she's like, sure you could fly up there. Uh, yeah, 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 I got this. And then she like jumps on, you know, a, a scooter and all of a sudden she's at the top of Avengers tower. Like that's always been her skill is she has found a way to play with the quote unquote big boys and you never think, well, what's she doing there? Like she always is able to keep up. And, uh, and, and, and really those last moments to me, I thought were pretty special when she was like, I have to get my other family back together. And, and, and really that great joke that in essence, you know, Ross and everyone shows up, but she doesn't get captured. I think they, they take her, but that's why it's just like two She's weeks eight. later, like, yeah, of course she gets away. Right. You know, it's almost like, yeah, like the hours two the, the movie's two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, you don't need to see that. You know how it happens, basically. Right. And by the way, right. Daniel Drew uh, was thinking of the exact same scene you were, the scene in Avengers where Natasha's working on the Russian mobster. Uh, and it's uh, you do get that kind of great consistency with her all the way throughout. You know, this isn't sort of like a revisionist prequel in any way. You feel right, like right. this is all consistent with the character that we know and we got to you know care so much about uh, overall that time. Uh, now, Kate, I know you and I I spoke about it last week, but uh, have you had a chance to see it a second time or did uh, work keep you from that? I have not. I uh, spent a few days uh, on another shoot, uh, so I was not able to see it again. But I because Kate's actually in show business uh, as opposed to uh, some of the rest of us. So, yeah. So you were busy. It's okay. Uh, No, no, no. But it's all right because you can still think about what you've seen. And what are just, you know, again, we talked about it last time. But what were uh, some of the, the real standout moments for Natasha for you in particular? For me, what was it? What's amazing is uh and it was highlighted by that first Avengers moment. And it's like the, are you kidding me? I'm working. Like she, you think that she's in, like she's tied up. 
she's going to get, you know, her ass kicked, you know, she think that she's in the wrong because the guy's giving her all of this information because there's this idea of like, you know, I have a woman, I'm going to tell the woman all my plans and like, I, and like, she can't do anything. And so Natasha is also really good at working the room in terms of being like, you know, you've beaten me. And when, when somebody feels like they're beaten, they feel like they can like extrapolate, you know, this is why you're, you know, shit out of luck. And so for me, it was like watching her get the shit kicked out of her. Sorry. But she's looking for how to get into the big computer. Like she's watching the ring go through the pad and she's like seeing like what she needs to see. And she's like basically like biding her time. She's yes, wanting the nose to be broken, but she's biding her time when you think that she can't defeat this guy because she can't get at him because of the pheromone thing. And it's funny that they use like very, like a, a very sexual thing in terms to like prevent like these women from attacking this man. And so like, it's basically like, you think my sex is weak. I'm going to show you that you're, it's not. Right, but I'm going to do it by thinking like that, you, like by playing into this idea that you think you're better than me. You think and, you're stronger, you think you're smarter, you think, you know, you've got, you know, a hand over me when you don't. But, and, but playing into that is how she kind of is, has that element of surprise, which I really love. Right. And and I think that, uh, look, we know Scarlett Johansson is a, is a good actress, but I have to say that I'm impressed that Natasha Romanoff is fucking Meryl Streep because pretending that she didn't understand why she couldn't shoot him. Uh, you know, just sort of going yeah. through all of that. And, and it's like, it's very believable. And yes, of course, that's done for us, the audience. But still, she has to convince him. She and she's like, him. why isn't it working that I'm trying to kill you? Even though it's like, yeah, I know I can't kill you, but don't worry, I'm going to kill you. But you're absolutely right, Kate, just how well she sells the fact of like, oh boy, this really is the end for me, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, you might as well tell me your plan because <laughs> if I'm going to work for you, obviously I'm going to need to know how it all works. And, uh, you know, and even no matter what's going on, she still manages to slip the ring off of him. More than anything else, she's still great at uh, everything uh, that she does. Uh, Rywan in the chat saying, uh, I, I, I like the movie. I still wish we had it a year ago. Yeah, I mean, talking about the sense of when it should have been filmed. But yeah, I mean, it was done a year ago. But I think that not putting it in theaters a year ago made sense. And not doing a, you know, I was half right. I, I never imagined that they would do an exclusive Disney Plus premiere access release. This hybrid release, uh, it seems to be what made sense. And between the two releases, I think it made sixty million on Disney Plus, which is, uh, I believe, three wow. people. Three people bought it. Uh, because it is uh, Eric, it is twenty million dollars to buy on Disney Plus, right? Well, that's why I bought it at my mom, my mother in law's house, you know. <laughs> so, so she had to pay for it. But uh, yeah, and I think the total uh, international was two fifteen total. Uh, so, yeah. But it, you know, it, it I think it squeaked in just under ninety million domestic box office two years ago. They would have been like, oh, I guess we have to cancel the MCU. We only made ninety million dollars opening weekend. But for it to be this year, this summer, I think everybody's very excited with the reaction to it and i want to talk a little bit about some of the the public reaction uh, in terms of some of the the negatives or concerns but i wanted to know i'll ask you first jeff was there anything about the movie other than you know oh we should have gotten it sooner or anything like that but in terms of the movie itself was there anything where you felt like 
oh, this really didn't work for me. This was disappointing. Or was it just minor stuff, really, that, that you feel like didn't detract from the movie in any way? Yeah, I, I didn't have any big um, overarching issues with this film. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the character development was cool. I thought the they had a great some great laughs and way more seriousness than, that, than I assumed. I honestly stopped watching the trailers and all the snippets because I was like, I've seen the whole movie at this point. It's been two years of trailers. I don't want to see any. So when I got there, I was kind of happily surprised that there was more depth to the characters. There was more depth to the movie. And yeah, there was no, not that I can think of, overarching issues I had. What about you, Eric? Did anything uh, stand out for you? I know there's one, you had one question, yeah. I'll do which that I don't second. think. I'll do that second. Okay, so talk about, yeah. So get to your, your question <laughs> second. But what, uh, what stood out for you that uh, maybe had you, had you scratching your head or maybe you had to just explain it a little bit more to Nana than you wanted to. <laughs> I thought the end was maybe a little too reminiscent for me of Winter Soldier in a lot of ways. Like the helicarrier oh, going to the ground and, oh, and trying ahead. to get Taskmaster, like it's like what Taskmasters to Winter Soldier is, you know, yeah. Natasha's and Steve Rogers. Okay, I get that. Yeah, it, and and it worked. And and by the way, I will go see this on the big screen. Uh, the way it should be seen, of course, on IMAX with Nana, with Meryl Berliner. <laughs> yes. I want to um, come with you. I want to oh, I want to oh, meet oh, your oh. Nana. I'm going to fly her out from uh, Rhode Island. Uh, Can she be on the next like podcast? <laughs> well, wait, yeah, Christian, didn't you interview your mom recently for a while? I did. My mom was on an episode of the Black Cast. And, uh, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. We, uh, and and, and was... used every nasty word that George Carlin always went down the list of. That was like your mom's first sentence, I understand. Well, my, well no, my, my mom has actually pointed out, you know, it's in my baby book. Uh, baby's first word. She had to sort of like add an extra line because uh, my first word was shit, piss, fuck, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. <laughs> so uh, that actually, you know, it, which is look, I have kids, you have kids. It, it's nothing, nothing that is sweeter than just hearing the music that children can make, you know? Oh, I, I and I'm sure from a young Christian's mouth, it was adorable. Um, kind of, yeah. With the one tooth. You, you know, so I thought the the end maybe a little too reminiscent, though done well. Uh, I know qualms about the staging of it. And so then, what you're saying is that it was so derivative, you thought that they were going to be trying to blow up the Death Star at one point just because it felt so familiar? A little, right. In the Mad Magazine, I know you know this reference, Christian, the Mad Magazine version of Return of the Jedi where literally Admiral Ackbar turns to the audience. I'm like, all right, guys, how do we blow up the Death Star? And all the kids already know. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. the same way you did last time. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I, and it's funny because I, I did think about that after the fact, but in the moment, it didn't yeah. so much feel like the helicarrier. But I, I'm sure that somewhere somebody was like, oh, there's all this stuff we should have done when the helicarrier came crashing down, you know? So right. they're like, yeah, we'll find a way to do it. You know, what, what's that with like 10 more years of. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, uh, to it's a it's a total yeah. tangent, but it's like how Kevin Smith tried to. Well, he wrote a script for uh, a, a Superman movie and the executive said, what you really need is a big giant robot spider in it. And he's like, well, that sounds crazy. The movie ended up not getting made. That executive produced Wild Wild West. Which and had what, spider. what do Kevin Klein and Will Smith go up against? A giant robot spider. So people sometimes, they have something that they need to get into a movie. Oh, and it'll <laughs> get there. So yeah, I mean, imagine 
as much as people love Falcon and Winter Soldier, imagine if there were like eight more minutes of fights happening on the helicarrier as it fell down. But uh, yeah, but anyway, so that yeah, I can see that as a as a valid yeah. point. It it's similar. Yes, definitely requires suspension of disbelief that uh, all that can happen while you're falling. <laughs> but. It still looked really cool. It looked fucking dope. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. but there's also this idea. I, I want to hear that idea, but like, but there's also considering in Captain America Winter Soldier, Natasha kind of being like the like, oh, I think you're in the wrong business to have a friend. And like, Steve was her like rock in that movie. And it was like, I thought I was going straight. I guess I wasn't, you know, I didn't know whose lies I was telling. And like, he's the kind of like moral compass in that movie for her. And then he went through that journey with, with Bucky. And so for her to go through that journey with taskmaster in a very similar way, just to get to like, is he gone? Is it over? And to kind of like, there's been a lot of mind control in, in the, in the MCU. And so it was nice to to have Natasha kind of like grow from that moment into yeah. you know whatever into becoming in a way her version of the captain america character mm-hmm. um I, and her way of like you know he, like steve is not the one who got the avengers back together it was her that did it like you yeah. expected like you know steve broke everyone out of the raft but it was like she was the one that was just like no 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 no. we gotta get we got it we can do it together like yeah, she yeah, was the yeah. one that kept the ship running and so eric texted uh both jeff and i after he saw it, and uh you had a question you had a concern and uh i did slap you down with a with a fairly simple answer but go ahead and raise, yeah, raise your no, point no, and you, I, I, i'm not crying to feed on this one mf um <laughs> no i i thought that first fight scene between uh, our lovely sisters it doesn't quite and i watched it again because i have that power now that first fight scene I, between the two of them, that even watching it second time, and I and I read your notes and I consider them because I do respect you to an extent. Um, and and yet I still don't buy. It. Yeah, yes, I don't have a sibling that I used to beat up like you. Wow, you know, I, I never. Do, well, let, let, let me brother. let me ask you a simple question: Do yeah. you have siblings, and are they older? Okay. Uh, mistakes have been made. Um, <laughs> so you know, I, I do. I see. That's the thing. I don't. I, I, and I know that because I, 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 had had an, I had an older brother who was twice my size. So uh, anecdote I've told before. Uh, the reason why I didn't get to see Return of the Jedi on opening night is that my brother dislocated my shoulder because he was, he thought it would be fun what? to uh, flip me over. Uh, he didn't try to hurt me. He was trying to flip me over and have me do somersaults. So I was uh, at a, a, I was at an, a, an urgent care in Long Beach Island, New Jersey, instead of uh, seeing the movie that I wanted to. I saw it three days later. I still saw it before everybody in my class. And, you know, the the no spoiler uh, sensitivity didn't exist then because I'm like, yeah, Princess Leia's Princess Leia's sister. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally his sister. Yeah. So that's great. So, yeah, that was my point is that siblings, some siblings, they're like, oh, let's play football in the backyard. These two trained killers, they play rough. And that is, of course, how they said hello. You know, it's kind of like that's how they sort of how they say hi. But yes, they neither of them trusted each other. They didn't know if they could. I, I was going to say a similar thing, but there's also something about having two women who know each other and are family fighting yeah. uh, each other. And there's almost like 
I think the end of that scene, I kind of agree with Eric that it, it felt a little bit like, let's get these two women to fight to get it out of the way. But there's something about like, can I beat you? Like my sister's an Avenger. My sister is an yeah. Avenger well, after yeah. being a widow, one of the best widows that ever existed. And can I really beat you? And then well, the older sister going like, you know, wait a minute. Like, and so th- at the end of that scene, when they're like, it's a draw, like truce. It was less about like, I try, you know, coming together and like, I trust you now versus like, all right, you're good. And and by the way, for all of the physical. I'm not sure it was set up though. Right. Eric. No, no, it, it might yeah. not have been. All, all the bumps yeah. and bruises that are provided in that sequence for Yelena, none of them hurt her as much as Natasha saying you weren't my real sister. Like yeah. that's the most real moment maybe in the whole movie. Where it's like, oh, why do you do that? You know, basically, why do you have to be so mean? Dominica Saxon in the chat, I have an older brother and we both studied martial arts. So a few of our disagreements got a little dot, dot, dot active. Yeah, I mean, just uh, just look up uh, Cyclops and Havoc fights. Uh, only the Wonder Twins got along, you know? I mean, I think that, uh, right. but I, I do understand your point. But again, it just goes back to like, yeah, but it was a pretty good sequence. But you don't feel like we've convinced well, you at all. No, 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 I'm sorry, but I'm going to quote another wise man who is Christian Blatt from five days ago. We will discuss Tuesday, but it made perfect sense to Kate and I. It did. We talked about it. It made sense to us when we did the show. That was me telling you you should have watched the episode that you weren't on. You know, that was really what I was getting at there. I'm sure Jeff did, and Jeff just go with me. I'm sure Jeff watched it. (laughs) Exactly. I didn't. I read through the lines and knew exactly what you meant. Yeah. For me, there's also. I think this is the only time in this movie about women that there is a female competition, like status, like you know, for lack of a better term. And I'm very sorry, ladies. Big dick competition (laughs) like this is the only time they get one because the rest of it is about like i think one of my favorite parts of the movie to be quite honest with you and it's a great moment for not only natasha but for um yelena and for women as a whole is the you know the when they're trying when they're describing very very matter-of-factly not having a uterus anymore to their dad in the helicopter and And they're like yeah because this is what happens and you like you know and girls talk about stuff that happens with their bodies with such like ease because you know it's it's their own body but it's the like i don't want to hear it aspect of it it's like well you gotta (laughs) like yeah and and, now (laughs) and just the alexi's reaction to it uh being the way that uh you know that you know, let's just say a lot of men. I won't even generalize most men. But, you know, if 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 a woman mentions that she's uh, having her period, most like men just with a that, capital M. Just, just that word uh, makes most of us react like Alexi. Like, whoa, come on. What is this? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, go ahead, Jeff. Another part to that is that, like, he, in a sense, kind of for- not forced them into it, but, like, at least brought them back and didn't care. So that's another like side thing because like Yelena thinks of him as a father. So your father put you through that. Your father let this thing happen to you. So that was another side of like, you're going to listen to it and I don't care because I really don't even want you on the plane. Yeah, because you weren't a good father. You didn't love us. You turned us over to this monster. And even if in the moment you thought it was a good idea, you've had all this time in jail to realize that it was a bad decision you know uh but instead you're asking if captain america ever talked about you you know which uh, uh also dynamo. Uh, yeah i was gonna say shout out to crimson dynamo i thought that that was nice that uh yeah. that we got that and of course just the look on his face he's like not red guardian like he he like <laughs> asked 
Uh, Kate, I know you only have a few more minutes uh, with us today, and I know Eric has to teach at the top of the hour, but I wanted to make sure that if there's anything that you feel like you didn't get to uh, last week or we haven't gotten to yet, uh, any any sort of uh, observations as you've thought about it, anything that stands out, uh, I wanted to give you a, a moment while we still have a few. I, th- I think what was interesting about Natasha as a character, and and yes, like I, I talked about last week a little bit that like I thought the movie was mistitled, but what was interesting is that like no matter what in Natasha's time in the MCU, we've always seen her be very calculated, whether it's pretending that she's tied to a chair and can't get out in order to like get some information and or be at the bottom rung of something. We see her be very, very calculated. Even choosing to help Captain America escape in Civil War was a very calculated choice. And she, it, she knew the kind of consequences of her choice and she sticks by her guns anyway. So the two split off moments of uh, Red Guardian talking to Yelena being the more emotional aspect of this family where it's like this really meant a lot to me and this kind of spitfire of a guy being the emotional end of it being the emotional end of the the, the spectrum and they kind of uh, come together with that song American Pie and then the two kind of the mother uh, played by Rachel Weisz and and Natasha kind of coming together in a calculated like we got to understand each other type of scene and then coming up with a way to get out of it. Um, yeah. No, and, and yeah so it's like the, seeing the, the, the split, working together. Yeah. Agreed. But there's always like, you know, I know that parents don't have favorites. Parents have favorites, but like, there's like, there's like that, that one child that is like, that reminds them of them aspect of it. Um, which is why it's like, you know, don't slouch. And like the mother's <laughs> always correcting the emotional one. It's like, mom, I'm going to do what I want. And it's like the, the having them split into those two pairs of the emotional pair and the very calculated pair. It's like, you could kind of almost see where Natasha got some of her, like, you know, planning ability and her, her way of like working through problems. And it was her mom. Yes. She was the older sister who encouraged her to step up and fly the plane in the beginning of the movie. So it was like, I'm going to guide you through it. Just stay calm. And it was the calmness of her mom that like allowed her to kind of finish the mission as it were. So it was like interesting to see where the, the, the two sisters landed on. I think we're going to see a very emotionally driven Yelena um, in future movies and in Avengers five because of like where she comes from, I guess. So it was nice to see where these characters came from and uh, rethinking about that, that scene where they kind of, the parents and the kids split off yeah. uh, was interesting. When I watched it again, second time, cause I can do that. Yeah. You might've seen it two weeks ago. I can watch it infinite number of times right now. So suck on that. Um, when they hug dad, Red Guardian, right? And, and Yelena holds him a little longer. That was actually something I noticed that second time, even though she makes fun of him, like, oh, you smell. Yeah. Like, but but the truth is, like, she she was younger. It's like when you have a trauma, yeah. it, it changes depending on age. Like, my my, my um, wife's parents were divorced, and, and so it totally affected. She was 16, one was 12, the other was 10. So, in essence, like, depending on your age, it completely changes how you deal with it. And so how little she was versus, uh, you know, uh, Scarlett Johansson. So, well, and to be fair, just to interject that Natasha knew it was fake, but Yelena didn't, she thought this was a real family. 
you know, and I, I think she was too little to understand that, you know, they, I, I love that they have a day where they, they shot Christmas and Easter and I forget what, you know, they shot all the holidays on the same afternoon right. and knowing that the presents were fake, but Elena was so small. I mean, even at the beginning of the movie. So yeah, I think she still had this little girl attachment to Alexi, even though uh, they all know that he's, you know, kind of a douche. He has an awesome beard. Awesome beard. And uh, I do love that he was able to squeeze into that Red Guardian suit. I, I, I didn't really know for and sure. He that lost weight for the, what's funny, he lost weight for this role, by the way. <laughs> Harbor did? Yeah, apparently like he's usually doughier than this. But I mean, he looked kind of big, but I guess a couple times I looked at him, oh, I guess he is a little skinnier than he well, is. Well, it's also... They yeah. put a fat suit on him, definitely, to kind of yeah. make him a little bit more pudgy. But he still had to be able to, like, do all of the running right, 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 and, right. like, all yeah, of the fighting. True. So it's like you still have to have the body to do all that stuff. And then, like, costumes can help with the rest, especially, yeah. like, he, he did not get dressed on screen. And if, it, you know, it yeah, was yeah. the That's a great when point. it came yeah. out, it was like, you know, if it was, it was a body movie. devil, but it was like, yeah. you know, <laughs> it still fits. But it was mm-hmm. like, I, having worked in the costume department of those shows, it's like it, everything is very pointed. Yeah. Right, right. Well, Kate, my understanding is that you uh, have to say goodbye to us I know, uh, for today. I know, I'm sorry. All right. Thank you, Kate. Uh, always great to uh, have you with us. One of the things, you know, when Kate and I uh, did our, our first reaction, you know, we recorded it before we did some of the reactions and started to filter in. And we, we spent a lot of time talking about Steven Dorff saying that he was embarrassed for Scarlett Johansson, which of course is funny because, you know, Steven Dorff has so much to be embarrassed about uh, in his own life. So he, you know, people who can't act in glass houses should not act throwing stones because it won't be believable when there are no cracks in the glass house. But (laughs) there has been a reaction to the reveal of Taskmaster as Dracoff's daughter. And uh, I think that uh, I probably should have brought this up while we still had a a woman with us. But, uh, you know, some of the concern is that it's like, oh, it was a girl inside. And that's only that's some of the reaction. Uh, Some of it is a little bit of retcon. And look, I understand the negative reactions when you get them uh, because the reveal of Mandarin in Iron Man three, like literally pissed me off. I didn't want it to uh, as, as much as I was like, this is cool that Gandhi's in this movie, but uh, this, this not being really Mandarin uh, was like, why did they do that? Why did they burn that character? Although allegedly we might see the real Mandarin in uh, Shang-Chi. So, and the idea that the retcon would be upsetting for a character whose real name as Taskmaster, the guy behind Taskmaster, his name is Tony Masters. I mean, you want to talk about phoning in somebody's secret identity? Oh, the guy whose last name is Masters. You think he might be anybody? Nah, nah, he's probably Kang. He's probably, he's probably Kang. But I'm just sort of wondering, you know, uh, what you guys think. I don't know how much you've seen of that kind of reaction as it's gone. I'll ask you first, Eric, if you've seen sort of some of the negative reaction to the reveal of Taskmaster. I mean, personally, I felt like it's a great emotional arc. It's very rewarding for Natasha's story. Yes, they fudged with what the character is. I don't know. Maybe people wanted Bucky to be behind the mask or something. I, I don't really know what they wanted. But uh, what do you think, Eric, about the just the reaction? It's always tricky, right? Because if you play things out exactly like how they are in the comic book, 
you take away surprise, it limits your sort of playing field a bit of what you could do dramatically. And so I, I actually thought Taskmaster being his own daughter, you know, a moment that did shock uh, both Pam and Meryl when I was watching with them, you know, I thought that that it worked for this film. And, and you know, I, I remember, was it you who were, was upset because it looked like it was like a robot with the USB, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> like a thumb drive, but, but in fact it was a human and, you know, the moments of her sort of staring down Scarlett Chance, I thought were really interesting and how she was sort of like doing like, you know, vectors to figure out like her plan of attack. Uh, if, if anything, I thought this movie maybe where it could have gotten a little sharper is it kind of had a lack of a villain. The villainy was very off screen. It was like more you were fighting against a cause. Yes, Dracoff right. is a man, but you know, he sort of represented something, you know, and it's not like the Red Skull is also fighting yeah, yeah, an yeah. ideal. You know, you're not actually fighting uh, someone. Uh, Kemi Egan has a great point. Uh, Taskmaster reveal wasn't a surprise to me because when Natasha said she blew up yeah. Jacob's daughter, it was obvious to me. Sure, the timing of that story. Uh, but Jeff, what do you think as, as you've kind of heard people talk about just this idea that the Taskmaster in some way is disappointing because it's not something that maybe they thought it would be. Maybe everybody wanted it to be Mephisto. Is that what it comes down to? I don't know. Yeah, I don't really understand or know who people want it to be because John Masters or whoever you said. Um, Tony Masters. Really, Tony Masters doesn't really excite me at all. I felt like this fit the storyline more. I feel like it gave um, Natasha more more character development. It gave her a reason. It gave us more sense of why she is the way she is. And like, this can just open the door to using Taskmaster in the future, but have a good background for it, have a solid, um, st uh, stable reasoning for why she is the way she is going forward. And you don't have to introduce her backstory in some other different movie where you're introducing Taskmaster. Everything's already set up. We know why she is the way she is. We know who she is. And Taskmaster can either go off on her own or she could be Dark Avengers, or she could be Thunderbolts. Either way, we know who she is because of the story we got. And I and I appreciate it for who it was, and, and I enjoyed it. And then the idea that, you know, she doesn't die at the end, it's like, well, that's a missed opportunity if we don't see her again. Uh, Daniel Drew in the chat, I still think we'll get a proper Taskmaster later on. I think it could throw Yelena off when she's an Avenger in the future. She could think it's it's the same girl again, Drakov's daughter, or another widow that uh, you know that she's thrown off. Uh, and Daniel Drew asked, was it clear whether she had the mimic skill or if it was the cybernetics? I think it's the cybernetics. Uh, I don't think it's some uh, inherent ability. But uh, Eric, what do you think? Do you think uh, one way or the other? It, it seemed like she was pretty plugged in. I mean, like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so much of that was it, it felt, you know, robotic by nature. So, I'm yeah, da Daniel thinks it was a yeah. cybernetics, but Daniel's friend says it was her own skill. So, Daniel, tell your, your friend, friend to join Daniel? us. Yeah, yeah, tell your friend to join us in the chat. And uh, I'll slap him down the way I slapped down Eric's theory. No, we'll see uh, what. Uh, uh, and uh, Daniel points out that uh, he thinks uh, Masters could find the suit later on. Uh, well, Jeff, I know you also have to go. Do you have uh, any final thoughts on, uh, you know, it seems like you gave a thumbs up to uh, Natasha's final adventure uh, with us. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And kind of going back on what Connor uh, Eric said earlier. Um, Connor <laughs> McGregor, yeah. Just, uh, Connor McGregor said earlier. No. Um, <laughs> oh, my foot. Oh, my 
<laughs> Look, he didn't even last one round. I, yeah, I'm I glad I didn't pay for that. <laughs> but so much, my So going back to what Eric said earlier is I love how this movie and I think it started with I forgot what movie it was in, maybe maybe Endgame or something, where we're starting to see the heroes have to deal with real life with all the all the repercussions of what they're doing, what they're who's who's dying and everything. When um, Tony starts get Tony Stark gets confronted backstage at the beginning of Endgame, and then like seeing this, how she has, to, how there's like a world of widows. How I don't know. It's just it's just world building more more in between the saving the world and being in space. What happens in between? What we felt from these Disney Plus shows. I felt like we got a little glimpse of that in this movie as well, because usually we see them saving the world and ending a movie. This one, we saw them saving the world, kind of seeing the family dynamic, seeing them being real, seeing them grow, learn, and then saving the world again. And then that reminded me a lot of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It reminded me a, a lot more of WandaVision because we got to see them in their real life atmosphere. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's going to become a more relevant theme come, going forward. Final question for you, Jeff. What did your parents think of the movie? They enjoyed it as well. They enjoyed it. My dad is more of just an action guy, so he yeah. he just wanted to uh, go for fun. And then my mom is is big into Marvel as well, so she's excited for Florence Pugh and um, yeah. the future of the of the widows because it seems like it's going to be like an organization, or it should be an organization of widows, and what that means for the Avengers or whoever task them will be cool to see yeah uh you know what i said last time uh about black widow is that it, it works because it's basically like uh, at first i thought it was a james bond movie that happened to have a you know a, an avenger in the lead and then when they pulled the masks off i'm like all right it's a mission impossible movie but i mean it's still you know it, it hits all those beats and it kind of has the same twists and turns so yeah i mean somebody that doesn't really watch mcu movies this is kind of the easiest one to just kind of come in and watch you know you're mm -hmm. like i don't know why william hurt is is going after this girl uh but whatever you know <laughs> and you can kind of watch it in that way well uh jeff you also will be back with us tomorrow when we talk about the loki finale uh and in the meantime how can people keep in touch with you yes if you guys want to talk to me on any social media at jeff will jr and we can continue the conversation there. All right, Jeff. Well, uh, thanks for uh, making the time. And then there were two. Watch this. Watch what I'm going to do for the video watchers. And uh, Daniel Drew says, do we think Madam Hydra is the boss boss collecting these dark Avengers? Or is she collecting for someone else like Osborne or Zemo or something? I'll tell you, what, I hope it isn't the power broker. I really don't want it to be Sharon Carter, who's the mastermind behind all of this. But that's just me personally. A, a dislike of her is not you personally. That That yeah. is... Uh... That's collective. And by the way, uh, off topic, but we mentioned it uh, was uh, Dominica Saxon trainer. Think you could lose this fight? Conor McGregor. Yeah, my left foot. <laughs> uh, and I know Eric has uh, some impressionable young minds to help shape our future entertainers to, uh, you know, make sure that uh, that they understand how good this movie is on the big screen as well. But what I do want to talk to you about is sort of this uh, as our final topic mm -hmm. is what we get with everything just their the reaction to anything that's part of a, a franchise this one being you know i mean there's more mcu movies than there are james bond movies you know and those started in 1962 you know i think with this one i think there's more now and just the idea that that some of us like it and that we think it was fun and that people's reaction needs to be well you're wrong and it's just a reminder 
uh, you know, I was speaking with somebody about this yesterday. It's just a reminder that that's kind of what discussion is. That's what film reviews are. You know, it, it's a lot of like, no, this is garbage. And this is why you need to under, and look, somebody could watch this and think it's garbage. I'm not saying that. I, I saw somebody that felt like this was a disrespect to Natasha for her. I'm like, okay, that's the way you felt about it. I'm not saying don't feel like that, but it's when it take goes that next step, Eric, where it's like, well, here's why you have to think the way I do. How exactly? I mean, is it, it's just social media did that to film criticism, would you say? Or yeah. is it, or can we go far enough back where we blame Siskel and Ebert for turning, uh, for turning film criticism into the thumbs up or thumbs down, which personally I think is, is brilliant, you know, just coming down to that. It, was it, look, is it good or is it bad? Don't tell me it's two and a half stars. That, I don't, what does that mean? You know, I mean, some movies only have two and a half stars. Thank you. Uh, but what do you think? Like, how did we get to this sense where, you know, that if you didn't like Black Widow, you need everybody else to hate it? Or or a cop and a half, by the way, I was going to say before. <laughs> oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. It's never too uh, late to get in a Henry Winkler directed reference starring Burt Reynolds to pay. Um, so <laughs> in next week where we uh, where we drop a BL striker reference, because we're going to need to talk about Burt's to pay every week. I'm sorry. I interrupted you just for just for a joke that was just for you, really. But anyway, go I think ahead. This is my real hair. I mean, you know, I was inspired by the greats. Uh, you know, th this it, it's true. And this is I mean, the Internet. I mean, OK, a lot of y'all might be a wee bit younger than Christian and I, who I think combined are floating around 90 years of age, maybe more. And so this idea of like back in the day, right, film criticism wasn't just criticism too it was like i don't know when you when you go to a museum and you have a tour guide who actually really deconstructs what makes the artwork interesting which by the way i never go on those freaking tours uh even walking through boston we had a chance to have a tour guide who was dressed like i don't know a minute man and i was like i'm out but but i agree it's like people you know they react like twitter one of the issues with twitter is it it doesn't lend itself to an actual discussion it's comment 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 and it's so it's not much about you said this i'm hearing you like even our little discussion on chat you know about that one scene it was like okay i, I see what you're saying about brothers i am an only child i never almost got choked to death by my sibling because <laughs> i don't have them uh and, and it sounds like i really missed out uh, oh yeah believe me you missed out yeah. <laughs> I actually got to go to the Return of Jedi, you know, uh, opening weekend with with both my shoulders intact. Um, but but the truth is, like, you know, Twitter people are just reactionary, and so it's not much in terms of an actual uh, critical analysis and like a discussion, which is what is fun. I mean, it was the idea of the water cooler, right? That expression, water cooler television, right? At work, people would stand by a water cooler and discuss. Did you watch Twin Peaks last night? And it's a discussion. And I think that's the thing. And that's what's fun about this, honestly, is, you know, reading the comments. I love reading your comments because you guys are discussing it. You're not yeah. just throwing a rock in the water and running away. Like you're actually what? listening to each other, what? even when you disagree. Water cooler conversation didn't consist of what we have online now, which is if you're talking about Twin Peaks, uh, somebody runs up behind the water cooler and just yells, her father did it. And then walks away and you're like, what the, what the fuck did you do that for? Right. You know, which sorry for anybody that's uh, decided to binge a 30 year old show. I figure if you didn't watch Twin Peaks when they did the reboot, uh, then uh, I'm going to it's OK for me to yell it out to make a point. But yeah. And uh, look, I 
I think that when I don't like a movie, I, I'm very critical of Star Wars The Last Jedi, which we don't need to go off on a tangent on. But the people who like it, I've I've always tried to be like, well, tell me why you like it so much. And I'm like, yeah, I just I don't feel that. I wish I felt that. The idea that there's a Star Wars movie that I don't love is disappointing. The fact that there's one that I like less than the TV movie, uh, The Ewoks Caravan of Courage. That's even more disappointing. Yeah, I always try to have those conversations. And, you know, when we do movie shows, you know, shows where we're specifically talking about a movie, I like to talk to somebody that didn't like it as long as they can explain why. Because there's just like, ah, it just wasn't what I wanted it to be. I'm like, okay, I mean, that's a reason, but that's not really a conversation. And I, I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, Dominicus Saxon sums it up best. I stopped listening to critics when they gave The Cutting Edge only two stars. And, you know, what I remember about The Cutting Edge was the uh, tagline, uh, I believe this was on the one sheet on the movie poster, was that it's a love-skate relationship. And it really was. And what I do remember is a very young David Spade at the point talking about the fact that that's how they were selling that movie. And he asked his friends, please don't let me ever fall into a love-skate relationship. And for all the relationships he's had, I don't think he's ever fallen into a love skate relationship. <laughs> well, I, I, by the way, I worked on the documentary, The Cutting Edge, which is about editing. And oh, that is not that, the same film. No, and, but, the, but the thing is, I knew that there was this other movie and I kept that to myself because I was kind of thinking, well, maybe people will accidentally rent this. And, and then only about 45 minutes in, they're like, there's a severe lack of ice skating in this movie. <laughs> And a hell of a lot of discussion with Walter Murch. I think he's in both versions. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Kemi Egan uh, sums it up nicely. There's no discussion anymore. As much as there is finger pointing, if one person doesn't agree yeah. with uh, someone else. So I had a conversation with someone named uh, Andrew Heaton yesterday, and that'll be a future episode of the Blackcast uh, audio that'll be posted. And we talked a lot about how just people are, that's just sort of what passes for debate and conversation the way that people talk about politics and it's so divided it's like well now it's like people need to talk that way about star wars movies or marvel movies and it's you know it's like don't get mad at me because i don't want to watch game of thrones i just don't like that stuff i don't like fantasy i don't like dragons i don't like hobbits and shit that's what i say to make game of thrones fans angry though that's how but, I, that's but christian you do like nudity yeah but that's a separate uh, button in my brain. Uh, I go to you porn for that. Here's the thing. I like nudity when it's step baby sisters. No, step baby sitters. <laughs> See, I even tried to make a joke and then I said it wrong. Step baby sitters. No, but I said the wrong thing. No, step baby sitters. See, I was trying to be funny. And in fact, I, I just made it worse. Wow. Yeah. One letter difference is the difference between being a free man and being in jail. Yeah. No, and being in the registry for the rest of your life. Yeah. I, well, you know, there are, uh, there's a number of registries that I'm on. Uh, but hey, look, <laughs> Daniel Drew that? appreciated it. Daniel <laughs> Drew thought it was funny. Yeah. Step babysitter porn is, is what uh, I think is, is the, the setting that I have for you for. Oh, God. Uh, we, we laughed, you know? So, and you know, maybe you can uh, pass that lesson along to your students later. Just no, I'm just taking no, your honor. I, I, I assumed he was kidding. I'm just, just, just take an, take an extra second when you're trying to talk. Don't try, don't be in such a rush to try and be funny. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's worth being careful, but anyway, 
Uh, so I don't know. I think that uh, people and people can talk about this show the way that they want. You know, if you hate this show, that's fine. Just tell us why. Uh, it's it's probably because uh, you know we, we've uh, we've lost half of the cast as we've gone along. But the good news is we've reached our limit for this installment. Uh, Cami Egan says, "I'm dying over here." That makes both of us. Uh, but, uh, uh, but Eric, where can people keep in touch with you? Well, uh, I will be leading a book club discussion of the babysitters club, uh, immediately after this show, uh, over the step, at ba- the step babysitters, club. Step babysitters club over at count Eric Connor on Twitter and Instagram. I float around Facebook with my middle name, Adam, Eric, Adam Connor. Uh, me and Harbor's Beard also worked on the documentary, besides The Cutting Edge, also other voices, Aswata Harim, which sounds fancier, over on Amazon. So thank you. And uh, Christian, good luck in your trial. You know, uh, my wife's on jury duty right now, so I'll see if I can get the trial fast-tracked, and we'll pretend <laughs> we don't know each other, and then uh, we just need her to to make sure that it's a hung jury, and then everything will be fine. Well, good luck uh, to Heather as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but we appreciate everybody uh, joining us for the panel in the live chat on a special day and time. We uh, appreciate all of that. And we will see you next time on The Black Cat. The virgins and the children.